years? I'm terrible at math. Eight years. So, so we could all have gone to school and become doctors by now. Um, that's how long it's been. Hey there. Welcome. Welcome. So glad to have you because uh, this is a celebration episode of Green Room Door. This is the show that loves to go behind the scenes to talk one-on-one with artists to get to know more about the heart behind the music. And this show launched in fall of 2017. And so uh, we are wrapping up our fifth season of the podcast. Um, This episode will be our season finale of season five of the show. So thank you for being a part of it long or short no matter how long you've been listening thanks for for being a part and if you are newer to the podcast um, we have done just some really fun and insightful interviews with artists like randy stonehill drakeford graham jones stephen mcwhorter and jason claiborne sarah groves and that's just some of the artists from season five alone and if you go back farther into the archives, you can you can check out interviews with Charlie Peacock, the Arcadian Wild, Justin McRoberts, Jess Ray, Gloria Gaynor, the Grey Havens, Fernando Ortega, Sir Eric Peters, and at least three dozen other artists. So um, check it all out on the platform where you listen to this podcast. Um, but we've got a show to get into today, and it's a fun one. Uh, something wonderful and magical happened in the middle of May 2022. Um, We were able to host the one-night-only reunion concert of Andrew Peterson and the Captain's Courageous. Um, If you're not familiar, that would be uh, Andrew Peterson, Ben Shive, and Andy Gullihorn. And they toured the nation for over a decade. Um, I just think them as a trio are just kind of a part of of the faith music culture. The, they're part of the fabric of it now because they have so much history. And so uh, we were so excited to be able to have this event at Judson University on May 13th. And uh, before the concert... Uh, folks who purchased a VIP ticket were able to experience a nice reception that the that the university hosted, and then we did a Q&A session with uh, all three artists. Um, and on today's podcast, we're going to uh, bring you into that session and let you hear some of it. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Why not all of it? Well, we'll tell you that coming up at the intermission break of this podcast. So um, without further ado, let's dive in to the uh, VIP session that features your question and answers from the audience with Andrew Peterson, Ben Shive, and Andy Gullahorn, live at Judson University. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention. Before we hit the play button, I have to make this technical note. You might notice that the audio is at times a little bit choppy in this podcast, and there's a good reason. The audience was not miked during this Q&A session. 
And some of their questions, though, could be picked up by some of the room mics that were there. So um, we boosted the audience questions to, to the loudest levels we possibly could so that you can you can kind of just barely make it out. But uh, thanks for bearing with us. Um, but we think you'll still enjoy the show. All right, here we go. Hey, we're thrilled that you're here. My name is Gene Kroom. I'm the president of Judson University. Welcome to campus. For those that are visiting today, how many of you, this is your first time to Judson University campus? All right, welcome. Glad that you all are here. We're thrilled to host the concert and our partnership with UTR and Dave Trout. Uh, if you haven't heard of Judson, how many of you have heard of UTR and Dave Trout? There we go. So we're glad you're here for the concert. Um, Judson's partnership with Dave is that uh, we partner on concerts, programs, and performances like this because we do have the DeMoss Center for Worship and the Performing Arts at Judson University. And Judson University has an amazing history as it relates to a contemporary Christian artist. So we're thrilled that you're here. Um, we're going to invite the gentlemen to come up on stage. And when they do, if you give them, please, a great big round of applause for Captains Courageous, Andrew Peterson, Andy Gullihorn, and Ben Shive. Thank you very much. Uh, how's it going? It's good to see everybody. My name is Andrew. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear the guitar? Is it coming through? Uh, so we uh, were asked to do a couple songs, and so I'm going to do one, and then we will take some Q&A and just talk about it, and we'll see how, where the conversation goes, all right? So this is one uh, that I wrote. I'm trying to figure out which one I do. This is the one, because we're not going to do it tonight. I want to say I'm sorry, but I don't know how But I'm sorry, so sorry now I said some words to you I wish I'd never said I know words can kill Cause something's dead And now my heart is like a catacomb I'm praying we can find a way to raise these bones again, again, again. So I want to say I'm sorry, but it's not enough to close the wounds I opened up. So now I've got this sorrow and you've got that hurt And we can't go back to who we were Oh, but could that mean that I'm someone new And maybe I can love you better than I failed to do Before the war I'll tell you everything was beautiful there was poison in the well from years before Now I'm cleaning up this wreckage on the shore And I don't want to fight with you no more So I want to say I'm sorry that I drew the line I built the wall, the 
fault is mine And maybe now the only way to find some peace Is just to give it time And to trust in grace So this is my communion hymn I want to sit beside you at the feast, my friend Again So is anybody brave enough to, to kick us off with a question? I see one in the very back. Yes, the young man. Um, did, did, did your friend ever find you funny? And did he look under there? <laughs> under where? <laughs> well done. Have you looked under there? Uh, I hope they're all jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Anybody else? Yes. Hi. So, a few years ago, I uh, put together a Easter worship service, put a couple of your songs in there, and included it with my favorite song of yours, which I've never heard you do live. And I um, was just wondering if there was a chance that you would be doing Rise and Shine. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm so sorry. I appreciate that very much. That, that is one of the first songs I ever wrote. I wrote it when I was a freshman in college. And, um, and wrote it way too high for me to sing now. Uh, and it's been a really long time, but I'm glad you like it. Thank you. Um, and thanks for using the songs in the Easter show. Um, yeah, I wish I, kind of like Andy, I wish I had a better answer for you. <laughs> like that's one that I, I mean, literally more than two decades since I've tried to play that song. I don't, I don't know if I, it would be a good idea for me to try. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. So did they, I, we weren't in here for the kind of introduction. Did you kind of go down the line and introduce everybody uh, so people kind of know who Ben and Andy are and I, I am? And okay, so. Okay. This is so, Andrew. I'm Andrew. It's good to meet you. And, and I don't know if you guys know the story. Like, so uh, many years ago, so I, we all moved to, to Nashville at varying times, but around the same time, uh, within a few years of each other, I think. And uh, back in the in the late '90s, um, Christ, Christian music looked a lot different than it does now, you know. And and uh, I remember listening to Christian radio and thinking, man, there's so many good songs, and you could hear Susan Ashton or Amy Grant or Jars of Clay or all this stuff. And and so I, we kind of moved to Nashville um, around the time Rich Mullins died. So Rich Mullins died about a month and a half after I got to Nashville. And had met the Cademan's Call guys, and 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 that kind of signaled a, a sea change in some ways, in a way that I don't know, but like it seemed to coincide with like a, just a shift in tide in the Christian music industry, and um, and so a lot of people who moved to Nashville thinking they would do one kind of thing realized that the industry was a little tougher to do that thing in than they thought, and um, and so uh, so we found ourselves like. It, they're, they're, like what rose to the surface in our little pocket of Nashville was this um, collection of friends who seemed to care about 
the same kind of songs and and uh, a lot of us came here because like Rich Mullins was a part of a lot of our stories. Like we heard him do the thing that he was doing, and it was like, ooh, I, I that's resonating with me. I want to. Is there a way to do that? You know, because I could do that. I don't know how to do this other thing, and um, or just like a, we just love songwriting, and we, and we happen to be Christians. You know, like followers of Jesus and believe that songs were one way to do that. And um, and so I looked up and uh, Jill Phillips and Andy Goldhorn were there and Ben Shai was there and uh, Jeremy Casella and Sandra McCracken and Matthew Perryman Jones and Eric Peters. There was this, this amazing community of, of friends who were kind of in the same genre, sort of. I don't know. We, it, it was very natural for us to do concerts together. And, uh, and so around that time, uh, Ben had just graduated from college, and I was looking for somebody to go on the road with me. And he came straight out of college, and we were on the road together. And not long after that, I asked Andy, I was like, hey, do you want to come play guitar with us? And we, So when Andy didn't have shows on the weekends, um, he would come out with me and Ben. And so for like 10, between 10 and 12 years, the three of us toured together um, a lot. We spent a lot of time in the car together, laughing together, crying together. Uh, sharing our that part of our lives together and then of course you know lives change and things get different we all have different needs and and uh and so all that to say when dave uh, trout emailed him was like hey do you guys want to do like a reunion show how many years has it been we i don't remember i stopped in 2014. so 2014 was when i mean i thought that was kind of like yeah. when things shifted and so and it is now 2022 so that's how many years? Is, I'm terrible at I math. Think that's eight. eight years. So, so we could all have gone to school and become doctors by now. Um, that's how long it's been. And, and in some ways, I think that we both, uh, we we all three of us have learned a lot. Kind of like what you were just singing about. Like it just feels like um, who we are is very different than who we were. And I love the fact that, um, like on the Christmas tour, the three of us can still stand on the stage and pull out some of these old songs and and they still feel like they mean as much um, because I think what we were singing about back then is still true. And so, uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of the, the background. So if that plants the seeds for any questions, maybe that will soften things. This is Ben Shive, one of the greatest record producers ever. Also, one of the greatest songwriters ever, truly. And, and musicians, and he's just a great, great gift to uh, our community and to the church, I believe. And then this is Andy Gullhorn, also one of the most amazing songwriters ever, and one of the kindest people, uh, one of the people who uh, I admire the heck out of because of his willingness to step into people's stories and, and uh, just wealth of wisdom and the way he loves people and listens and and uh, sees his role in the Nashville community is really beautiful. And so, um, yeah, so that, in case you didn't know who we were, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a song called If I Stand, if you know that he wrote with a guy named Steve Cudworth. And um, <clears throat> yeah, the short version is that I was a pastor's kid who didn't know Jesus. And, um, uh, found myself just pretty lost, and I'd been, I'd graduated high school, and, you know, I got baptized when I was a kid, but, you know, it's not like it didn't take, I don't think it works like that, but I, I just wasn't really interested in, in, in walking in his ways, and delighting in his will, to the glory of his name, I just wanted my own way, and, which was just girls and rock and roll, and so, 
uh, I graduated high school and and um, kind of joined a rock band. We were terrible. In some ways, got everything I thought I wanted, and and I was still empty and kind of lost. And I came back home when the band broke up, and and this friend of mine was like, "Hey, will you learn this Rich Mullins song to sing so I can sing it in church on Sunday?" And uh, I had heard "Awesome God," I think, but that was about it. So I went into the church late one night and pushed play on the boombox with the cassette tape and started learning If I Stand. And um, by the time I had like learned the song, I know it was more complicated and probably more drawn out by, than that, but like if I was writing the Cliff's Notes versions, it was like that was the moment where um, when I was lost in the forest, I turned and there was a path. And Jesus was kind of beckoning me and saying, hey, come, I have something for you here. And, uh, and I realized two things, and that was that Jesus was real and that he was God, and that uh, I, I had been taught that since I was a kid, and all of a sudden I, I knew it in a way that I hadn't known it before. More than that, though, I knew that he loved me. And that was what Rich's songs kind of broke in um, on me with, was the, that, yes, he's God. Yes, he's this incredibly powerful, wonderful God, but also he knows you. He can be known by you. And, uh, and I was just kind of like uh, blown away by that. And so, um, yeah, not long after that, I, I asked him if I could sing about him. And so he, he said yes. Well, I know that probably most, if not all of us, are very grateful that Andrew Peterson, Andy Gullihorn, and Ben Shive said yes to serving the Lord with their gifts and musical abilities. And um, we and the world have been a benefactor of that. So uh, we're very grateful um, we have more Q&A uh, from the VIP session with those three fabulous artists coming up on the second half of the show, so don't go anywhere. Um, but I am so glad that Andrew just spent some time talking about Rich Mullins uh, because this is the 25th anniversary of uh, since Rich passed away in uh, September of 1997. So we are celebrating in some simple, authentic, and really a variety of ways. One of them being a new website that we just launched called richmullins25.com. And there you can actually share your story. How has Rich's life and music impacted your life? Check it out, richmullins25.com. Also, um, Andrew Peterson, Ben Shive, and Andy Gullihorn are all a part of a new project that we've had the privilege of working side by side with Old Bear Records and Andrew Greer um, making this new celebration of Rich's songs called Bellsburg. It was recorded in Rich's old living room um, and it's uh, just a wonderful array of artists, producers, creators that are coming together to help make this project happen. And right now, we're inviting you into that project as well. We need you to be a part of the community through the Kickstarter campaign that's happening for this project. Now, the Kickstarter, yes, it is fully funded. So this album will definitely happen. That's the good news. Um, as this project grows and the Kickstarter amount grows, um, that money is going to be reinvested into creative projects and different ways to grow the community um, so we're going to be continually giving back. And so uh, literally as the campaign grows, it's just unlocking new opportunities and new doors for us to walk through. So uh, consider uh, checking it out, watching the video, and then 
seeing if you could pre-order the album or look at some of the we have some amazing tier rewards that are only exclusively available during this kickstarter campaign you can check it out um, up until june 30th when the campaign closes just go over to kickstarter.com search for bellsberg or search for rich mullins or you can also click on the link in today's show notes Okay, in case you're wondering, why are we hearing most but not all of the VIP Q&A session on today's episode? And the answer is that we are going to be making that available, the full uh, audio available as a special reward in UTR's upcoming fundraiser. Uh, It's our summer fundraiser called All Aboard 2022. It's going to be happening the months of July and August. It's not to fund an album or a project, but just the ongoing ministry work of UTR Media so that we can produce podcasts just like this one. Um, We're also going to make the full video release of the Captain's Courageous reunion concert available as a reward during that campaign. So more on that coming up uh, next month here at UTR. Okay, when we come back, we're going to continue with more Q&A with Andrew Peterson, Andy Gullihorn, and Ben Shive after this. This podcast is sponsored by the new album from singer-songwriter Karen Simmons. He's become my salvation. Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs, Volume 2, by Karen Simmons, features songs rooted in Scripture, offering encouragement and hope. He alone is where love abides. You can find the latest by Karen Simmons, Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs, Volume 2, on Spotify and all major music platforms. UTR is going to be giving away rare vinyl LPs all summer long. Enter to win our Summer of Vinyl Contest. We're not just picking one winner. We're going to pick a winner at the end of May, June, July, and August. You only have to enter one time to be in all of the drawings. Click on the Summer of Vinyl Contest link at utr.org or in today's show notes. Have you tuned into UTR's latest Heart, Soul, and Mind playlist? Here's what you'll hear. out a whole bunch of hand curated songs on UTR's Heart, Soul, and Mind playlist. Available now at Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Prime Music. Let's head right back to the Q&A session with Andrew Peterson, Andy Gullihorn, and Ben Shive, live at Judson University, recorded May 13th, 2022. Yes. Oh, I really 
enjoy Adoring the Dark. It really resonated with me. And this is kind of for all of you guys, but you, in the book, you feel like you were really content with how God was using you. And I'm a visual artist. I know as an artist, sometimes there can be a temptation or a desire to reach more people or have bigger stages and feel like it's not enough. And I'm wondering if any of you could speak to your journey with that or if you struggle with that at all or how you, how, where you are with that. Man, that's a great, great question. I will <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we struggle with that for sure. I remember when we for, were first traveling together, we would have fans of Andrews be like, why don't they play you guys on the radio? And our answer would be like, yeah, why don't they play us on the radio? We're awesome. And, and I think over, over time we went, well, they don't play us on the radio because we don't make what they're selling. Like, why would, why would they play us on the radio? Um, we're not speaking to their audience. We're not even trying. Um, so I think... Uh, the thing is, we were talking about this at lunch. There are people who can make music for the radio and they're not violating anything inside of who God made them to be. Like, they love that music or that music was the music that found them in the first place. I find that with musicians, and it's probably true with visual artists, that like, often the question that I'll ask young artists is, what was the music that made you realize music was incredible like what was the th the moment when you were four years old like I had this memory of my dad lifting me up to the ceiling and singing your love is lifting me higher you know so like what are those moments early in your life and what might they tell you about what it is that you're meant to make and I think that if you're you know if you're able to make stuff that's gonna reach the masses then you'll make that stuff from your heart and it will reach the masses like Sondheim says like the only reason to ever make anything is love and so I think you know if you get in a place where you're discontent and you go, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make something different in order to appeal to the masses. You're just going to make yourself miserable. You're not going to appeal to the masses because whatever you make is going to not going to have that power. So I think uh, getting older is going like, I recognize who I am. I see who I was made to be. I'm going to inhabit that. And the people that I know who aren't in their own way are the people whose vision for what they're going to do most closely aligns with who they just were made to be. There, was, there were years as a producer where I looked all around me and I was like, well, Kaysen can program and, and likes you too. I should program and like you too. And like name all the other producers in town and that's what I thought. And meanwhile, I had this arranging gift and thought it was kind of a dorky thing to be good at. And so it wasn't until really, I mean, I was, I was arranging strings kind of all along the way. It wasn't until I made a record called I Dream of You, Volume 2, with J.J. Heller that was this orchestral record that I went, well, dang, none of my friends can do that. Kaysen Cooley can't do that. And that's great. I admire Kaysen like crazy. Like, he's up here to me, but, like, he can't do that. So maybe I should do that. And when I do that, I feel really happy. And when I try to do what he does, I kind of feel like I just am not very good. And so, I don't know. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to say one of the benefits of just being around Nashville for a long time is that you see people who kind of get what you dream of and you talk to them and, and you realize how miserable they are. And not that it's good that they're miserable, but it's like you see this over and over again. It's like, oh, that's not really going to give me what I want. Uh, but when you're talking about that, I, I was also thinking about whenever I'm on a plane, you know, flying to Charlotte, North Carolina or something, they're like, oh, you're you're playing some, where are you playing? And I'm like, oh, it's never like the club or the theater that they know of. It's like 
somebody's house or something like that. <laughs> and I, there was a time where I so badly wanted to just get into these big theaters uh, just so I could be legitimized. Um, but then when I sit back and think about it, it's like, well, I wouldn't even make as much money and it wouldn't be as fun. I wouldn't like it, but it's, I'm only doing it so, so if I'm on an airplane, somebody could think that I'm more legitimate. Um, but the only way that I can get out of that is like be in community with people where I'm making the art, I'm doing, when, it, when I'm on social media or I'm doing this, then I, I start hearing that voice more often. But when I'm with friends and I get to hear songs and just talk about life, then I'm not thinking about comparing. I'm like, oh, this is like what Vincent, just sitting in what I'm good at and, and not chasing down what I'm, you know, that doesn't mean not to be ambitious or have goals, although that's kind of what I, I, I don't really have goals. But, um, <laughs> but I don't think there's something wrong with that. It just, life is w uh, way less disappointing when you don't have goals. <laughs> My answer is probably just in the book, so yeah, I'm, I'm good. Anybody else? Yeah, right here and then here, yeah. It's Michael. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to dance for a minute with the truth that I want to tell everyone. And but in the same moment, in my brain, the Mikel is saying, Don't Don't make a fool of yourself. shepherd who loves you and delights in you and it's like it's okay for you to feel self-conscious if, if you know you're beloved you know it's kind of like there's something deeper than that and so like I you know I've, I could it's kind of like what Andy was was saying you can um, feel like uh, I wish I was wired differently I wish I was this way I wish I was this way and then down the road you find out that the fact that you're wired this way gives you empathy and a way to love somebody else who's struggling and it's kind of like the the battle between self-consciousness and freedom is part of your gift. So be, I, I would just say be okay with it and um, know that you're beloved. Yes. Um, as somebody who's lived in Nashville, I've read a lot of books by and listened to a lot of albums by uh, people involved in the rabbit community. Oh, yeah. And loved them all. <laughs> but wondered if y'all could share a little bit about how being part of community with other creators like that Time to think about it. Um, well, I'm going to go back to the years when we were traveling together all the time. Um, there's so many songs, even when I play them now, they're tied to the moment that I were sitting in a hotel room or outside of a festival or something, and it's like, oh, here's a new song, and we just kind of 
play them for each other, and we knew each other well enough to where I could kind of hear their voices in my head. Um, and it's, it's um, to be with, well, this particular community on stage, these are two of my favorite songwriters in the world. I think they're like some of the top songwriters in the world, really, I really mean that. So, so to have that kind of voice, um, both speaking life, I mean really speaking life into me sharing songs, uh, it made me want to write more songs, it made me want to write better songs, um, and to really think about what I was saying. But it's also like, it's not just critique, it's, it's like that community that you're talking about, like living life, um, I just think with, without that, there's really not a whole lot to write songs about. So um, there are a lot of people that move to Nashville and to you know, really try to make it, they're, they're just like all music stuff, all writing, all business stuff. And that I, another thing, you kind of stay around long enough and you see that just shrivel up and die almost. Um, whereas if, if we're just hanging out and doing something that's just fun um, and having just sharing life together, it just continues to feed uh, the creative process for me. And I, I think it's, it's hard, especially at the beginning, to feel like you have the license to, to uh, not do something that feels productive work-wise. But, you know, we're getting really old. <laughs> it gets easier and easier, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I just think <clears throat> working in community is like two things. It's like it makes the work better because you're working with people who are better than you at this stuff and you, you're learning constantly. And, you know, uh, you know when, when I had a new song... Um, back when we were all traveling together, if I if I wanted to play it for Ben or Andy or the both of them backstage at a show, I would stay up an extra hour to make sure it was as good as possible because I knew that they were great at what they do, and so I I really wanted to. So it's like yeah, from a very practical standpoint, the work was like good and rich and kind of motivated you, and you could feel yourself growing in ways that you didn't expect. But more than that, it was like uh, the community was the working and community part that that I loved the most. Um, I'm a four on the Enneagram, and so I, I spend a lot of time feeling like the odd man out or feeling kind of lonely, and so to be uh, a part of a community of people who are kind of working together toward a common goal, and it's, and growing up in a, in a little tiny community, um, mostly in North Florida, where, you know, back in the 80s, there weren't a whole lot of conversations about the integration of faith and art. <laughs> People just didn't talk about it. You know, it wasn't that it wasn't a thing. It just wasn't on anybody's radar. It wasn't on my. I didn't know it was possible to be a Christian and to serve Jesus with, with this kind of stuff. And so to find yourself in a community of other people who, had, who knew Jesus and were trying to do the same thing was immensely helpful and uh, comforting to me. So that, to me, was better than the songs. You know, I, I'm... I don't necessarily need to add much to what they said. So I won't. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, we I think, what time are we supposed to be done? Two more questions, we're gonna call two more. So wait, um, right back there in the back, you had your hand up for a second. Uh, so three parts, why do you think Catherine's courageous apart from alliteration? Yeah, it's a, it's a Rudyard Kipling book and it's a cool title and I just always liked it. Yeah.
Okay, Andy. I don't even need to answer that question. Because <laughs> it's the only barbecue man. No, t Andy is from Austin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's an album by a songwriter named Anias Mitchell. Ben and my daughter both got way into it, and they started texting me. Um, and it is the best songwriting I've heard in years. Anias Mitchell. Yeah, she's great. She wrote Hades Town, which is a play that kind of won a bunch of stuff. But she's also a singer-songwriter, and this album is just magnificent to me. Uh, okay, so what, you guys want to answer that question real quick? What, what's, uh, what's in your... Texas barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay, so the, I, the, uh, there was a little boy somewhere. Yes. Um, what's your favorite wing feather character to write? My favorite wing feather character to write. Uh, it was probably, probably Pete the Sock Man. Arthur Wingfeather was probably my favorite one. He was the most intriguing character, and he had a whole bunch of like re big reveals as the series went along, and so I loved every time I got to tell a little more of his story. Hey, uh, these guys are amazing, and I can't wait to get to share the stage with them and um, for you to hear some of their songs tonight. If you don't know their music, get ready. Um, and I think we need to end this. And we'll see you in a few minutes. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Not the one and only, the three and only, Andrew Peterson, Ben Shive, and Andy Gullihorn. And that was recorded at the reunion concert for Andrew Peterson and the Captain's Courageous May 13th, 2022, live at Judson University in Elgin, Illinois. And um, thank you to Tim May at Judson for um, running the board and helping with the recording of that session. Uh, I also have another thank you. Whenever we share about a podcast episode on the socials or on email, we always have uh, a unique cover art image for each podcast episode in the whole UTR family. And um, for this episode, um, we used a photo with permission from Amy Harbach, who... Um, who took a great shot of of Ben, Andrew, and Andy on stage performing at Judson, and uh, so she uh, graciously offered that photo to us to use for the podcast image. And on top of that, she said the VIP Q and A session, which we just heard from. She said that she wrote me a text and said that chat totally inspired me to pick up painting again. It's been on hold while I've been a stay-at-home mom for over 21 years. I took a watercolor class today to break the ice, and it was so incredibly amazing. The ripples from that night are still spreading. Ah, so good. Thank you, Amy, for sharing that with us. She, she actually sent me the watercolor painting that she just did. It's actually breathtakingly good. Um, so, and thank you, Amy, for letting us use that photo as well. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, um, one of the rewards for UTR's upcoming fundraiser, uh, we have a summer fundraiser every year called All Aboard, and that's going to be happening July and August. And um, one of the rewards is going to be the unedited full audio from 
the Q&A session that we just heard from. It's going to be about, I think, about 40% longer, as well as, a, you know, there's going to be a bonus uh, performance that you didn't hear today. And we're going to add in some bonus Q&A on top of that. So that'll sort of be a special audio treat for those of you who are new donors. And we're going to have a special video treat, too, because um, we filmed the Andrew Peterson and the Captain's Courageous reunion concert at Judson in May. And so um, we're going to be able to share that full video of the concert to our donors coming up in July and August. Um, I know it's coming right on the heels of a Kickstarter campaign with for the Rich Mullins Project, but, but this fundraiser is not for an album or a special project. It's to uh, fund the ongoing work here at UTR, which is uh, very important and uh, not only helps keep the lights on, but it also allows us to keep producing um, enriching content that hopefully stirs your heart and soul, allows us to do playlists and interviews, as well as special events year-round. So um, keep your eyes out for the All Aboard campaign coming in just a few weeks here um, through UTR Media. Uh, On that note, a big thank you to all the folks who are currently on our monthly support team. Um, We have folks that... Um, give at all different levels from $5 a month um, up to $100 a month. I mean, all different levels. So um, we would love to have you consider joining that team. Even And if you join early before the campaign, we will honor any of the campaign rewards. So if you feel compelled to jump on board and help fund the ongoing work of UTR, head over to utrmedia.org. And then there is a support or donate button right on the homepage, and you can get involved right there. And uh, giving on a monthly basis is super easy. It, it comes out the same time every month, and it's just like a, a little blip on your credit card statement. But that little blip, um, really, like the like Amy said, it leaves ripples that can cause impact and change in people's lives. Um, and so thank you for considering contributing in that way because it's investing in in people worldwide who we're able to share our content with and don't forget if you haven't gotten involved in the bellsburg songs of rich mullins kickstarter campaign um, we are just entering the second half of that campaign it ends on june 30th so we'd love to have you get involved pre-order Bellsburg, and you can also pre-order um, one of our stretch goals, which is a new live Rich Mullins album called Deep Valley. Um, this is some exciting stuff. It's all being made possible through your generosity. So head over to uh, the show notes link for the Kickstarter campaign, or you can find it at kickstarter.com. Uh, well, that does it for the fifth season of Green Room Door. We're going to take the rest of the summer off from this podcast. We still will have our sister podcasts happening, including Release Date, Good Patron, and the Gourmet Music Podcast. Um, And then Green Room Door will return in fall, early fall of 2022. 
Until then, I'm Dave Trout. It is a pleasure to hang out with you and enjoy these conversations. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of Green Room Door, a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org.